The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S. And since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is helping family caregivers when there's mental illness in the family. Here's what I've learned as host of Family Caregivers Unite. The stress that family caregiving can bring to family caregivers is physical, psychological, and financial. And you know, I have the impression that of all the health conditions that affect family members, mental illness may be the most stressful for family caregivers, which is why the help that family caregivers receive is such an important matter. Now, to discuss the way Ami Quebec helps family caregivers with mental illness in the family, our guests are Ella Amir and Jean-Claude Benita. Now, first of all, Ella has been executive director of Ami Quebec since 1990, and under her leadership, Ami Quebec became one of the principal resources in Quebec for families struggling to cope with mental illness. Since 2007, she's chaired the Family Caregivers Advisory Committee for the Mental Health Commission of Canada, whose mandate is to make mental health a priority in Canada. She holds a master's degree in clinical psychology and an MBA from McGill University. She is presently a PhD candidate at Concordia University in Montreal, and prior to her work with Amy Quebec, she worked for seven years in management and organization development for a large aviation corporation. Jean-Claude's current appointments at Amy Quebec include vice president and board member, chairman of the political action committee, and member of the strategic planning committee. From 2007 to 2011, he was a board member of La Fédération des Familles et Amis de la Personne Atteinte de Maladie Mentale, a provincial federal organization which represents 39 organizations, including Ami Quebec. He holds a Bachelor of Engineering degree from McGill University and the Master's of Engineering degree from the University of Michigan, and this was in Electrical and Computer Engineering. He's a member of Quebec's Order of Engineers, and his career includes 28 years as an electronic engineer at various Montreal, Quebec companies, and 10 years as a tenured professor of computer engineering at Vanier College, Montreal. So welcome to the show, Alain and Jean-Claude. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, now I'm going first to, the, to Alain with the, the, the first startup question that we have. 
I want to know, Ella, please, tell us about more about your career and how you actually came to be involved with AMI Quebec. Oh, I guess that this is serendipity. Uh, I was basically looking for a job. I came newly to the country, uh, did the uh, brief stint in um, uh, management courses, uh, and were, was looking for a uh, position. So this is how it happened, and, you know, sometimes this is uh, probably what should have happened because it has uh, lasted for more than 20 years. Yes. I'm going to come back to more of that story in a moment, but let me ask Jean-Claude, please could you tell us about your experience as a family caregiver, because I gather that's relevant to what we're going to be talking about. Jean-Claude? Yes. Uh, The the first thing I want to say is that uh, um, it is traditional in our family environment that if someone in the family has a problem or is sick, then the rest of the family uh, sort of uh, make sure that, uh, that he's taken care of. So uh, we have become, uh, my wife and myself, we have become caregivers for one of our family members who has been diagnosed with schizophrenia when he was uh, 17. Um, so our family member has been living with us ever since, and uh, we have no intention of changing this status quo in the foreseeable future. Uh, we actually have given him the, uh, the liberty to choose. Uh, he can either stay at home or he can live alone in his own apartment. But he, he has always stated that he prefers to stay at home with us, so we, uh, we respect his decision. Uh, and the decision to become a caregiver for our family member since that time came really after a lot of investigation on what mental illness was all about and uh, its its impact on people suffering from it. Uh, There are some people who actually criticize us for that decision uh, to to have our caregiver uh, live at home. Um, They feel that uh, uh, we're not trying to allow him to become more independent, especially when we'll not be around anymore to help him. But uh, my wife, myself, believes that uh, his life with us is a much better one under the present circumstances uh, compared to living alone. And uh, even our family member's psychiatrist agrees with our decision. And he strongly believes that uh, our, our family member' good recovery is partly due to our effort to help him. In fact... This uh, psychiatrist, uh, who has treated him since the onset of illness, considers my um, family member as one of his success stories. Jean-Claude, I'm only going to stop you there just to say, first of all, thank you for being so open with us and for the very powerful way you've answered that question, and we're going to come back to that. Now, Ella, I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about the history and mission of AMI Quebec, please. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Ami Quebec started about uh, close to 35 years ago when four families 
uh, got together to help each other uh, since there was little help uh, available in you know professional quarters if anything there was much criticism and much judgment on the part of families who as you may recall uh, have often been uh, blamed for the uh, illness of their family members so uh, it just so happened here in Montreal that uh, uh, four families got together and started to help each other from their own living rooms. And the rest is, as we say, history. Uh, but the idea is, was uh, from the very uh, beginning, is to offer the self-help and the self-support that was so needed for families to um, go on and carry on with their caregiving responsibilities. Jean-Claude, I want to ask you this. Tell us more about the purposes of Ami Quebec, because these relate to family caregivers. Jean-Claude? Okay. Uh, what do you mean? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Okay. I'm, I'm asking Jean-Claude the question about... Oh, okay, the... go ahead. Yes. Uh, Jean-Claude? Uh, uh, yes. Um, well, um, to start with, it was uh, at the hospital that we first heard about Ami Quebec. Um, we were very fortunate. There was a social worker there. Uh, at the hospital, who gave us uh, an Ami Quebec brochure and told us that uh, it, was, it would be a good idea to seek help from them. You know, uh, when uh, you, are, uh, you reach the hospital, most caregivers are devastated when they first find out their loved one's uh, diagnosis. And uh, having a mental illness in the family is a big shock and disbelief. You know, they, they ask themselves, why is this happening? Why us? And Ami Quebec will help these people accept the verdict and will offer suggestions on how to cope. Uh, uh, one thing I want to ask, say as well is that uh, uh, most consumers who are suffering from mental illness stay in a, in a psychiatric hospital uh, for about three to four weeks where they are quickly uh, stabilized with medication and some other forms of treatment. But once they are discharged, they are basically on their own. The medical establishment does very little follow-up to ensure that uh, the consumer continues to take his medication, goes back to work or to school, or finds a place where to live. Uh, it is usually up to the immediate family or to close friends to take over. And this is not a very easy task. So as, as caregivers, we were very lucky to be directed to Ami Quebec at the very beginning of our family member's illness. Um, unfortunately, this is not the case with a lot of caregivers who only become aware of Ami Quebec's existence many years after their loved one's first psychosis. Jean-Claude, can I just ask you this additional question, which is this. Um, Basically, what you're saying, as I understand it, is that once the healthcare system has done its four weeks of caring, then it's really back to the family to look after everything else. Is that well, right? That, that's correct. Uh, uh, this is uh, uh, in the case for uh, a consumer who has a family. I mean, there are consumers who are essentially have no support. So what happens is that once they're discharged from the hospital, uh, they're on their own. And this is, uh, there's no follow-up from the medical establishment, and this is a big problem. Uh, they usually, those people usually fall 
to the lower level of society and become, and then they eventually end up in the streets. And when they get on into the streets, and this is a question for Erla, what happens, as far as you know, to people such as those Jean-Claude has just spoken about who find themselves on the street? Just very right. quickly, what happens to them? Well, you know, I think that this is probably the situation not just in, in Montreal uh, and in Canada, but certainly in the United States. A lot of people are falling through the cracks, either uh, if, they, if they don't have families and friends, or sometimes even if they do have families, but the families are not are properly supported and can't really carry on with the caregiving roles uh, for a long time. So, you know, we see uh, very similar to what uh, Jean-Claude mentioned, uh, we see a system which is very often very fragmented and offers some uh, very good uh, treatment and very good attention at certain points of the person's illness, but very poor and uh, not uh, not good enough uh, treatment in other uh, stages of the illness. Uh, one thing I would like to add, if I may, um, for those uh, uh, for those consumers who have no support from uh, caregivers or family members. Uh, a number of them actually end up in jail. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the st statistics, but uh, between 20 to 25 percent of people in jail are actually suffer from a mental illness, and that's because they had no support uh, after they had left the hospital. Jean-Claude and Ella, um, you have painted a picture uh, that is extraordinarily important, and what you've also pointed out is that where family members don't have a family caregiver, don't have a family even, then the situation is very grim indeed. But it's nevertheless true that illnesses like schizophrenia aren't curable by my profession, the medical profession, and therefore the burden, if that's what the right word is, or the responsibility for caring for family members continues with the family for basically the rest of everyone's lives. And I think that, if I just may add to what you've both said, that I think is something that government has yet to fully understand. Now, it is coming time where we have to pay our rent and take a short break. So this is Dr. Gordon Avery, and my guests are Ella Amir and Jean-Claude Benita. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We are coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Want the best life has to offer for you, your family, and friends? There are a number of community-based programs and resources available to individuals for low cost or no cost. No need surfing the net or spending hours on the phone. Now there's a radio program devoted to bringing you the information you need. Tune in to Outreach Today with hosts Melissa Jenkins-Simon and Diane Stafford and get the tools to success. Our program promotes the benefits and services of CI Incorporated, providing health and social services over a wide spectrum of resources and agencies. We want to help you. 
Tune in to Outreach Today, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Has your role model let you down? Every day it seems we turn on the news or read online that today's entertainment and sports stars have gotten out of hand again. Drugs, theft, drunk driving, and other actions of disorderly conduct are what some so-called role models are all about. Not here. Tune in to Runway Role Models and find out about some positive people who are making a difference now and paving the way for the future generation our generation tune in to runway role models every friday at 2 p.m pacific 5 p.m eastern on voice america kids stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you know i need someone You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Ella Amir and Jean-Claude Benita. Our topic is helping family caregivers when there's mental illness in the family. So now let's talk about the services of Ami Quebec. Starting with you, Ella, please. Please, would you tell us about the, the range of services and the type of services that Ami Quebec provides? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, basically, I think that it boils down to trying to address the needs of family caregivers in the way or in the ways that they are uh, presenting them to us. Uh, so we offer a variety of support, education, information, uh, and guidance programs, uh, counseling uh, in very different forms and ways. It can be in group uh, format. It could be in, in individual counseling. At the same time, we are also holding uh, groups in the different forms in our own office, or, but, but also we try to reach out to communities, especially of English-speaking uh, families throughout the province of Quebec. You may know that uh, Quebec is a very large province with um, uh, many small communities, English-speaking communities throughout the province, who have very difficult access to uh, services, if at all they are available. So we are trying to do our bit by offering some uh, programs via uh, uh, video conferencing or teleconferences. And recently we also started to offer some individual counseling via telephone or Skype. So basically, you know, again, to answer your question, we are trying to do anything we can uh, to alleviate the, uh, the stress and the challenges that uh, family caregivers face. And uh, if we feel that we don't do a good enough job and families come to us and request uh, uh, to experiment with other things, we will always uh, listen and try. Jean-Claude. What types of help do family caregivers ask for when they first approach AMI Quebec? Well, um, <clears throat> uh, really, caregivers are, are looking for advice on how to cope and uh, how to help their loved ones once they are discharged from the hospital. Um, typically, when, uh, when a family uh, uh, arrives at the hospital, uh, it is usually a first-time episode or it may be someone who's been a caregiver for years 
and uh, and now the caregiver is uh, are completely exhausted and don't know where else to go for help. Uh, so uh, this is where an organization like Ami uh, Quebec uh, uh, comes in, because of uh, you know legal issues and lack of time. The hospital focus is logically on the patient. As a result, the family members are facing serious problems trying to get information on their mentally ill relatives. Um, the medical professionals tend to ignore the plight of the families, and rarely do they include them in the recovery process, because this is the, the, the key. Once they are discharged from the hospital, the recovery process kicks in. And uh, the families get very little help in that uh, area uh, from the medical professionals. And, and if the uh, um, caregivers can turn to Ami Quebec for help, that's going to be a major boost to the uh, this, uh, recovery process. They also need uh, to feel that they are not alone in, the, in their predicament. They, they, they want to know whether other people have gone through the same issues and and to see whether in some cases uh, they have been successful in their recovery process. They also need to understand what type of mental illness is affecting their loved ones, what are the symptoms, uh, what medical help and medication is available, is recovery possible, uh, is it dangerous, is uh, suicide an issue, and, and so on. Uh, so there are a, a number of uh, uh, needs uh, that uh, Ami Quebec can answer very quickly. Uh, there are also uh, um, uh, relatives who uh, who uh, refuse to accept the fact that their family members is suffering from a mental illness, and so those people need guidance. And uh, uh, Ami Quebec is there to offer that guidance. Council, I'm going to ask you more about that later on. Okay. Um, but I'm now going to ask Ella this question. We've already mentioned schizophrenia, Jean-Claude raised it, as one of the mental illnesses for which family caregivers seek help. What are the other mental mm -hmm. illnesses that you uh, find family caregivers are coming to you to ask about and seek help? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, this is an interesting question. I think that in earlier years, the tendency uh, had been for families with um, more serious and severe diagnoses to come uh, forward. My sense is that in recent years, it has been um, um, it, it has been changing to some extent, and people are coming to us not only when they have a very serious diagnosis, but when there is a diagnosis of mental illness. Period. I have to say that um, we very often don't ask for the diagnosis. This is really secondary for us. Of course, you know, when people are looking for uh, information and so on, we try to provide it in, you know, in, in the best of our ability. But the diagnosis per se is not really something that we are um, uh, that, that, that dictates our intervention or our help. You know, I want to add also to what uh, Jean-Claude said earlier. I think that the first thing that families uh, get uh, when they do come to a family association like Ami Quebec is a listening ear. I think that after they have been to the hospital and uh, they have very often got, the, you know, the short streets of, of professionals, uh, to come to an organization where there is always someone to speak to you, 
to listen to you and to hear what you are looking for is really pretty refreshing. And I think that um, uh, it really uh, very often contradicting the, the uh, impression that uh, many caregivers are coming uh, with from the hospital. So I think that this is a very, uh, very important uh, uh, thing. The other thing that I would like to add is that Interestingly enough, um, our work is based on the people who do come to us, on the caregivers who come to us and who uh, ask for the questions, for answers to the questions, and ask for the support. I have been preoccupied with the uh, our inability to help the people who don't come to us, because by definition, only the people who come to us, we can help. But uh, we have been trying for many years to uh, reach out to people who don't come to us and try to reach, to, to find them where we can uh, find them. My sense is that if we have been better in offering uh, good support as early as possible, we could probably, we could have uh, rescue some of the caregivers who themselves fall through the cracks and uh, pay, as you mentioned earlier, Gordon, uh, with their own well-being, physical, emotional, and so on and so forth. Right. Now, I want again to come back to that, but first of all, I just want to ask Jean-Claude, obviously without identifying anyone particularly, can you give us an example of how a family, the family caregiver, and the person with a mental illness have been helped by Ami Quebec? Uh, okay. Uh, I can uh, talk about a particular person, uh, an 18-year-old consumer who, uh, who spent some time at the hospital and then uh, was re released after he was stabilized with the a cocktail of different medications and uh, and was discharged to his own family caregivers. Um, uh, the person, uh, when he was discharged, uh, was still suffering from from uh, residual uh, uh, symptoms, and uh, evidently the family was in a state of shock when uh, when this, uh, that uh, situation hit them. Uh, and they had no idea on how to cope and help their loved one. Uh, uh, I'm going to call that person John. And John had been in his last year at the Montreal College and had been forced to drop out after he was hit by uh, a mental illness. Um, his doctor suggested that he should go back to school after he was released from the hospital on a part-time basis. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, the college refused to readmit him on that basis because of budgetary issues. So uh, uh, he was forced to take four courses, uh, which was too much for him, and uh, he failed uh, the four of them, and so he dropped out of school the second time because he had dropped out of school the first time he had his psychosis. So it was uh, fortunately for him um, at the at, at the hospital, John relative heard about a social worker who told them about an organization called Ami Quebec. So they, they they got a phone number and they called Ami Quebec uh, quickly. And the the, the biggest issue uh, that the, the, these people had was in the area of understanding what uh, um, uh, mental illness was. So at Ami Quebec, they had access to the library where they were able to have valuable information. And, in fact, uh, 
as soon as they they uh, they um, obtained that uh, information on the mental illness, uh, they realized they were not alone in that situation, and that uh, some other caregivers were in much worse situation than they were. So uh, at Ami Quebec, uh, the um, the John's uh, uh, caregivers were uh, were suggested to, for him to go to attend a program at the an organization called Forward House uh, that helps uh, consumers integrate the workforce, do counseling, crisis help, and social activities. So there, John was taught basic skills, such as uh, cooking, buying foods, uh, supermarkets, etc. Um, and that, was, that proved to be a, a, big boo, uh, uh, a big help, both for John and the immediate family. Uh, John learned how to, well, he learned some basic skills, um, and the family uh, got a, 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 a good respite from uh, when John was away at her house. He was, he was there for about eight months, and then uh, Ami Quebec uh, 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 told them that there was an organization called JVS Workshop that was doing, uh, that was hiring people with mental illness. They were doing some uh, some uh, packaging contracts. John, so, Jean so John was able to get a full time job. Fabulous, Jean Claude. I'm going to stop you there, not because I don't want to hear anything more, but because we are up against the time. But I just want to say that's a wonderful success story. It's okay. heartwarming. Now, as I say, unfortunately, it is time for us to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Ella Amir and Jean-Claude Benitat. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. What is Take Two? Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take Two. We'll go back, way back to the favorite TV shows of our childhood, your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. 
If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. And Ella Amir and Jean-Claude Benita, our topic is helping family caregivers when there's mental illness in the family. Now, let's talk about the challenges that mental illness creates, not only for persons, but also for their families, friends, and everyone around them. So starting with you, Ella, please, first, what in your experience are the most difficult challenges that mental illness creates for the person's effects? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that it's difficult to say what is the most difficult challenge because I think the challenges are presented throughout the trajectory of mental illness. I think that the first challenge uh, for both people with mental illnesses and caregivers is to face the disruption in uh, life plans. Uh, you know, young people and their family members have uh, dreams and wishes and hopes and, you know, plans like anybody else has. And when mental illness strikes, very often uh, these plans have to be adjusted and modified. And this is something that is very difficult to accept in the first place. First of all, you know, to accept that this is not something that is going necessarily to go away tomorrow. It's something that, you know, one has to uh, take into consideration and to work around uh, it is, uh, is a big challenge. So I would say that this is the very first challenge for both people with mental illness and for the caregivers. I think that once there is an acceptance of this uh, situation, and I think that, you know, the acceptance is uh, 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 maybe quite different for uh, different people. Some people uh, may take a very long time to accept uh, what, the, you know, that they can't really change it. They might as well modify their expectations. And for some people, uh, it is easier to accept it. But I think that once there is an acceptance of a situation, then the adjustment of the expectation and followed by uh, adjustment of their life plans uh, has to take place. So this is, again, a big challenge because uh, very often people are not quite prepared for how to um, make this adjustment and what kind of uh, special help or special support they require to make this adjustment. Jean-Claude talked about uh, taking few courses in, in school uh, rather than taking the full load. So there are all kinds of things that have to be taken into consideration and uh, I, I see that it's, it is not an easy task to do uh, it on their own, certainly not for the diagnosed person, but also for the caregivers. And I see that for that, uh, uh, the, the help of a family organization or anybody who can offer uh, this advice and support is critical. Okay. Jean-Claude, it's same question, really. What are the most difficult challenges that mental illnesses create for the families of the persons it, it affects or these illnesses affect? Well, I am uh, just going to continue uh, on what Ella just uh, talked about. Um, um, one uh, of the biggest challenges we, uh, we had was the fact that we, is when we realized that uh, uh, we were going to look after our, our loved one for the rest of our lives. Um, 
this is a, not only a, a, a huge financial problem, it is as well a big emotional burden as well uh, as uh, some, uh, some of the caregivers are ill-prepared to, uh, to face both issues. Um, there are ups and downs in the, the, in the uh, person affected by mental illness, and there's a lot of suffering during the down periods. Uh, looking after um, uh, a loved one is a continuous struggle. I mean, you, uh, you have to worry about such mundane issues as uh, do they see their doctor when required? Do they take their medication regularly? Do they wear clean clothes? Do they wash themselves properly? And so on and so forth. It's, something, it's as if you had a, a child forever. Um, um, they also have to help these people, uh, uh, you know, uh, how to use uh, the public transportation system. Uh, you have to manage their money and, 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 and do their income tax if they work. If they don't work, they have to have help to fight the welfare bureaucracy so they can properly receive their welfare checks. Um, they also, one, uh, a big issue is what's going to happen to them after the caregivers are gone. Um, uh, are they going to find somebody honest enough to take over and look after the, the, the person as before? Um, some consumers can become violent and caregivers become reluctant to continue to look after the loved ones. So when that situation comes, it becomes unbearable, or if the situation becomes dangerous, uh, some caregivers uh, uh, will stop looking after their, their loved one. So th this is another big, big issue. Um, one, one more challenge is uh, a, a problem about suicide. I mean, um, uh, the percentage of people, uh, you know, taking out their life is quite high for mental illness, and this is a continuous struggle to try to avoid this for uh, caregivers. Uh, at ME Quebec, we uh, constantly hear about consumers taking out their life, uh, even though they had proper support. Yeah. But, yes? I was just going to st stop you, not because, again, I want to stop you, but simply because I just want to keep an eye on the time. But okay. I want to ask now, Ella, to follow up on something that you mentioned previously, and that is the challenges or the problems that people and their families encounter with the healthcare system. And I want to know, Ella, please, how does AMI Quebec help with people who, for whom the healthcare system isn't as helpful as it could be or isn't uh, sufficiently helpful for any reason? And can you give us an example? Mm -hmm. Ella, yeah. Well, you know, first of all, uh, uh, we have been working with the healthcare system, if you can call it, you know, uh, uh, like that, uh, for many years in different ways. Uh, we, uh, in the early years of our organization, we used to hold uh, joint conferences, for example. So, you know, we have been working directly with uh, healthcare professionals, not only in complaining about what they don't do right, but in trying really to offer uh, proper support, information, and so on for uh, not only for caregivers, but also for the public. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, the uh, public system is uh, rather fragmented. And um, <clears throat> in, in Quebec, uh, some uh, 10 years ago or so, uh, there had been a, um, a trend to 
move some of the services or as much as possible services from the hospital to the community. I think that it's a great concept, but uh, it works only if the money follows uh, the concept. And unfortunately, this was not the case. So uh, beds were closed down in hospitals, and some of the services were curtailed, but uh, uh, better alternatives have not been offered in the community. So this is something that we have been working on continuously uh, with the healthcare system. But as you understand, this is really an ongoing challenge for families. So the way we work with families is basically um, – Set the record straight. I think that it's really important for families to realize what kind of help they can get from professionals in the hospitals and what kind of help they can't get. And I think that since they don't get this information in the hospital, I think that it's important that they get it elsewhere. Um, I, I, as I said, again, I think that... Um, the services or the support that we offer to family caregivers are not in any way uh, are, um, uh, expected to uh, replace the services that hospitals are offering. They're expected to complement these services. Uh, and if we can work better, uh, the beneficiaries are obviously caregivers, their relatives, and also the system at large. Got it. Very good point. Jean-Claude, back to you. Your, when, you, when I asked you to talk about an example of the way Ami Quebec had worked with a family, what you, were to, what you were actually describing was a story of hope. And I've noticed that Ami Quebec works with communities that offer new hope, this is your words, for meaningful lives for people affected by mental illness and their family caregivers. Jean-Claude, can you give us an example of new hope for meaningful lives and the way in which you work with communities that are trying to achieve that? Well, uh, I, um, my point of view is that uh, uh, AMI Quebec uh, is in close contact with a number of other organizations that will offer hope for a meaningful return to social life. Uh, you know, at AMI Quebec, we have a limited budget, and we cannot uh, do everything that would be required for the caregivers and sometimes the consumer so that they can return to a reasonably normal life. So there are other organizations that will complement AMI Quebec's uh, um, work. Uh, and those are organizations that uh, work in, 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 uh, in close contact with us. So that's basically what uh, I feel is, uh, is, is the, the real thing. Another thing is um, uh, we had, uh, at the beginning of AMI Quebec, we used to reach uh, the Montreal area, uh, but uh, we have been able to reach the uh, communities uh, uh, outside of the organization. That I think uh, Ella mentioned that earlier. Uh, using uh, video conferences and tele-workshop, uh, one or two programs at Amie Quebec, we are now able to reach the communities uh, outside of Montreal uh, in the far, uh, far region of Quebec. You're using information technology and modern technology to help provide the services you want to provide and bring hope to people in the communities no matter how far away they are. That's right, right. isn't it? Right. Yeah, right. that's, that's very, very important and very encouraging. Um, now, let me just say to you both very quickly, because we're going into the break, that what you're talking about 
is the way in which AMI Quebec works with individuals, works with families, works with family caregivers, and works with communities in helping them meet their challenges, work together, share experiences, and share their own information about success stories and hopeful stories. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Okay. Now, it is time for us to go into the break. Um, so, well, let's do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Ella Amir and Jean-Claude Benita. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The environment and development are not mutually exclusive. Our country can produce energy, but in a cleaner manner, and one that uses less of our valuable resources. Tune in to Ecology and Innovation Connections with host Bob Sokolov. Our program will discuss the topics about energy that you want to hear, including global warming, cleaner and more resourceful energy sources, and big business, government, and the environment, and how it all comes together. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's all about action. Touchdown! Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball. Off the glass. Football. Come on. Golf. Racing. Or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Tune in to the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. And Ella Amir and Jean-Claude Benita, our topic is helping family caregivers when there's mental illness in the family. So now let's talk about what you both, both our guests, would like to see done to bring more help to family caregivers caring for a family member with a mental illness. Ella, what would you like to see done in society as a whole to do that, to bring more help to family caregivers? Mm -hmm. Caring mm-hmm. for a family member. What, what do you want to see done? Yeah, well, you know, maybe the most important thing that, you know, I would like to see in addition to, you know, infusion of new money to throw for services is really to have a, um, uh, to have a shared uh, perception that, um, that mental illness is not a, a life sentence. It's not something that, you know, you, uh, it, it's not something that, uh, means that, uh, you, your life as you knew it is gone and, um, 
you, you, you know, you can't really do anything with that. Uh, I think that when uh, Jean-Claude uh, talked earlier about hope, I think that what is uh, characteristic of our perception today, and I think that of a, you know, growing movement uh, uh, of caregivers and, uh, you know, especially in the community, is that mental illness is a disability or mental illness uh, present uh, sometimes disabilities like many other disabilities, and it doesn't necessarily have to dictate the end of life. So I think that it's really important that society at large will embrace this kind of attitude, and um, uh, in order to do that, we have to work very hard to fight the stigma and discrimination that are still part and parcel of our society uh, attitudes towards people with mental illness. So I think that, you know, if we will be able to reduce the stigma and ultimately uh, uh, remove it from our agendas, and if we will be able to, um, uh, uh, to, to um, convince government that infusing more money into services for both people with mental illness and their caregivers is economically viable and humanely justifiable, I think that we will be able to do a better job. All right. Jean-Claude, your turn. What changes would you like to see done to bring more help to family caregivers caring for a family member through AMI Quebec and organizations like it? Jean-Claude? Well, uh, I have a big list. I don't think <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll make it during the time you gave me, but I'll, I'll give you just the main ones. Um, uh, the first one I would like to have is uh, to make sure that in the emergency room uh, where the, uh, uh, the consumer usually ends up the first time he uh, has a, uh, a problem, is to have uh, an Ami Quebec representative uh, sitting there and uh, ready to, to, to help, uh, not only the consumer but mostly the uh, family uh, caregiver. And we are trying at Ami Quebec to do that, and we are still trying. Um, uh, another thing that we would like to have is we would like to make sure that the hospital environment uh, takes the uh, caregivers as part of the team that will help the person uh, achieve a recovery. Uh, and again, the, this is difficult because uh, a mentality uh, in a hospital environment, those mentalities are very hard to change. Now, out of the hospital, well, uh, there is, the, right now there is very fo uh, little follow-up on the mental in person. So what we would like to have is um, uh, sort of um, a follow-up from, uh, from the medical team uh, on a continuous basis, uh, not to stop after the person is discharged. Okay. Ella, I'm going to switch to you now because I want you to say what your message for family caregivers caring for a family member with mental illness is. What's your message to them? Well, you know, I think that maybe the main message is uh, join a family association. Seek help. Uh, help is available, uh, and I think that, you know, nobody has to uh, cope on his own with, uh, with challenges such as the challenges that mental illness presents. So I think that this is the first thing that I would uh, suggest that I would recommend to, uh, to family caregivers. Break the silence. Come forward, um, uh, join a family association, and seek the support that you deserve. And I think that once you do get the support, uh, the road ahead doesn't look as, uh, uh, as 
challenging as it may when you are alone. Jean-Claude, it's the same, same question for you. Your message for family caregivers in this situation we're talking about. Well, I, I basically have similar message, messages. Uh, maybe I can add that uh, um, uh, one, message, one main message I would give to caregivers is not to hide their problem. Uh, to be, it, it, they have to be able to fight the stigma issue uh, because uh, once they do, they realize that the help is available. Um, uh, another message I would give to caregivers is try to develop a good, uh, a good uh, rapport with, your, uh, with the psychiatrist treating your ill relative. Um, whenever there's a problem, they should be in a position to call the uh, the uh, psychiatrist or a doctor uh, uh, quickly and get help quickly. Uh, and also, of course, uh, I would like I, I, I want to make sure that each uh, caregiver get in touch with an organization like Ami Quebec so that they can get help and and get hope for a good recovery for their loved one. And the last one is. Uh, families should stop feeling guilty about their loved one's uh, sickness. They are not responsible. Um, they they should uh, they should not be blamed for it. And and uh, and no, not only they are not responsible, but they are key to the recovery of their loved ones. Yeah, I want to say a little bit of a summary back to you both. Here's the message that I've got from you, and that is there is hope. Um, it is, mental illness isn't the end of life, but what it does require is an adjustment on everybody's part to the challenge and the challenges that uh, mental illness creates. And sometimes those challenges are very serious, like suicide risk. Sometimes they're a matter of managing depression. Sometimes they're the matter of managing situations that are unpredictable. And all of that falls on the shoulders of family caregivers or where there aren't family caregivers, goodness knows where it falls. And that's where Ami Quebec and organizations like it are so vitally important because by bringing the family caregivers um, together, by supporting them, by advocating for them and by respecting them for what they're doing and helping them to get the information they need and bridging between the family caregivers and the healthcare system, um, that really is a powerfully important way forward. Now, what I would just like to say to you both is that I think the message that you've got across, if I've understood it right, and I hope I have, is one of the most powerful that I've heard um, because I have some experience of the illness you were talking about, schizophrenia, and how it affects a family and the, the damage that it causes to the family, and therefore your message of hope, your message of support, and your message of the work you do in AMI Quebec is, to say the very least, most encouraging. Now, I want to say in closing thank you to our listeners. I want to say thank you to Ella and Jean-Claude for sharing with us all your insights and experience and your advice. And Every success to both of you, continued success in this powerfully important work you do. And I hope that this episode will help you get your message out just to a few more people because your message is powerfully important. Thank now, you. Our... Thank you, uh, Gordon. Okay. 
In our next episode, we're going to be talking about young people helping family members with Alzheimer's disease. The episode is called What My Grandma Means to Say. So to our listeners, please join us same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 